Thank you for listening to the Starburns Audio Podcast Network. We have so many great comedy shows to add to your playlist. Just last week on Starburns Audio, on New Player Has Joined, Keith and Jesse talked to Dr. Christopher Hale about getting involved with the Sister District Project. They also discuss fascism and gaming and Echo the Dolphin. On The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Kinane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows. Featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show. And remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. It's me, Steve Agee, and we're back again. And uh, I am here again to thank you for listening. And uh, I don't know how I'm doing it. I'm getting some good guests lately. Uh, Today we've got Seth Green. Seth Green from Robot Chicken, from Family Guy, from Dads. uh, Oh, Jesus Christ. From the Austin Powers movies. Um, This guy's been doing it since he was a child. And uh, something else... I don't think we got into during the podcast, which I wanted to. Seth is the guy who who is responsible for the phrase "cha-ching." True story. Uh, it was for commercials that he did, so it was a advertising company, I'm sure, that actually came up with it. But uh, Seth was the first person to say it. And uh, that's a fact. So we don't talk about it. I don't know why I'm throwing it out there. But uh, just let that, uh, you know, marinate in your head while you're listening to this. Seth was also very kind uh, in letting us go to his studio, uh, Stupid Buddy Studios, uh, very close to the um, Starburn Studios, um, and record it there because uh, we were recording some Rick and Morty stuff here. So uh, thank you to Seth for, A, agreeing to do the podcast and, B, letting us record it at his studio. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, thank you very much. I, uh, you know, I used to, I, I hadn't met you until maybe a couple of years ago, but I used to go to Family Guy table reads. Oh, really? All the time. Are you already rolling? I, uh, <laughs> this, this may be the most disorganized thing ever. That's good. You can pull that closer. Are you not going to use it? 
No. I can do this. Uh, while you're doing that, I, um, <laughs> I'm with Seth Green. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And we are not at Starburns uh, Studios. We are at Stupid Buddy Studios. Although Starburns is an awesome place. Have you been there? Um, I have been there. And, you know, Stop Motion is such a small community. All the people that do it probably know each other. Oh, I and, think. Uh, did you go to see where Charlie Kaufman's doing is? I did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They have so another. Exciting. They recorded another. Right. The uh, the one on Burbank. The place where Rick and Morty yeah. gets done. Yeah, I, I went there too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such a it's such a small community. Like everybody's worked together. Everybody's done stuff together. Or, um, you know, it, it's like it's more like the old studio system where yeah. uh, actors were on contracts for a specific amount of work. Yeah. We have the same thing with the animators or any people in any of the departments. Yeah. But th- those people travel to all the different studios and work on all kinds of projects. I love that there's no hate or ill will, though, because I also – this is only my second time here, but the first time was when I came to do uh, Adventure Time. Yeah. Because their studio was under construction. Yeah. I believe it was under construction. I think so. And so we recorded here. You know, we don't really... You could have had a monopoly and just been like, <laughs> fuck you guys, use a... I don't, I don't know. Use I don't your see task the point <laughs> We, 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 every, every studio is developing their own content. Everybody is, is concentrating on the stuff that they want to make. And so then it becomes up to the artists what they want to work on. Um, and that's when you get the best, the best product, I think, is when everyone is excited, connected. And it's and- all part of... It's also all part of Cartoon Network, though, right? Well, I mean, you know, the shows... The shows are. The shows, all, the shows all go on to... I mean, mostly, a lot of us are on Adult Swim. Tell me how things work. I don't... <laughs> I really am confused. I really don't know how all that works. Um, well, I mean, our perspective is just that we're, we're content makers. Like, we'll, we'll make shows, we'll make features, we'll make, you know, shorts or specials or web stuff. Like, we just make stuff. And how so, many how many non robot chicken related projects have you produced out of here? Oh my gosh, uh, ugh, it's a bunch. It's really? a bunch. I don't know what I can talk about. We're I mean we're in production on a thing that I don't think is getting announced until summer. Um, but we, we the sound of music, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Robot Chicken runs us for you know about fourteen months, and Holy then shit, and then we have like a six month a six that's month more break than a year. Writing. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah, that production's really long. How long is the writing period? How many episodes? Uh, we do twenty episodes a season, and the writing of that gets broken down into four or five week cycles, where we have to produce the content for four or five episodes. It's the animating that takes forever, right? The whole thing is just a long process. It's a very laborious process. When I, when I was here, you uh, you took a, you took us around and showed us uh, the the stages and stuff, and we went in and there was a woman uh, stop motion animating something and, and she's like, oh, I'll show you what I've done today. Literally like right. half of a second. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, I don't have the the focus yeah. to do stuff like that. Like Me neither. You know, but that's what those artists do. And it's actually something that they're really gifted at doing because anybody can learn the, the technical skill. But the people that really bring something inanimate to life and, yeah. and ascribe a personality to it that, that makes you as a human being relate to it, that's a skill. That's a gift. That's a yeah. gift. And so, you know, we we hire all kinds of people and we just apply that to something really comedic with robot. We just, <laughs> we take people's beautiful artistic <laughs> skill and then we apply it to, you know, G.I. Joe's fucking. To fart jokes. 
Was there? But, I mean, that's why it's funny, though. That's what makes it funny. Was it? Were, you getting tripped the, out on the... Well, there weren't... Pre- where'd those pretzels come from? Oh, I sat and, like, rolled a bunch of those out before we came in. Did you? I did, You yeah. mixed them with the I Skittles. Even, I even uh, uh, preceded it by saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you something really special. You said that to me? <laughs> no, you didn't. Have you just been <laughs> not yes. at all paying attention to me? No, I don't even remember that happening. I remember... You remember? We were... <laughs> you heard him say that, Dustin? I... Do you want to try this combo? Because yeah. I have to recommend it. I... Yeah, for those of you who are listening that don't know, uh, baked pretzel squares and Skittles uh, make an excellent combination snack. This is great for the listening <laughs> audience. I, oh, that is good. Holy shit. It's delightful, right? I thought for sure I was going to want to spit it out, but... Oh, you've learned something. Skittles and pretzel squares. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'll explain. I went out back with... Seth and uh, he opened the trunk of his car and there was the largest box of Skittles, like case. Was it a case? Maybe that's a case. I assume it's seventy pounds of Skittles is how it was related to me. So their whole studio is full of. <laughs> there's literally there's Skittles on the desk right there in the booth. There's Skittles obviously we we, in the. We kitchen. eat a lot of candy here. We really do. <laughs> You're gonna get sued by an employee one day for giving them diabetes. Maybe. <laughs> We'll see. You can cross that bridge. <laughs> but you, there. oh my god, this is really fucking good. Strong combo, right? <laughs> but you're not you, gonna want them as far away. I got a long, a long reach. But you got all these because you tweeted. Yeah. I don't want to make you Twitter. have to tell me the whole story again. But no, but it's an easy story. Like Twitter is amazing in the way that it connects people, and I'm sure that's why it has so many members, so many subscribers, is because people want. <laughs> I'm Just hyper aware of yeah. my voice chewing now. <laughs> um, you know, everybody that uh, people just want to be a part of, like, whatever that moment is. You know, people tweet something out and then thousands, if not millions of people share that moment. That's, you know, that's all we're really looking for is some way to commune with other people and it's access it's to... It's May. I mean, I I always hate using the term oh, small world, but it's made yeah. the world so much smaller. Yeah. I remember I took my car in to get fixed like four or five years ago when I was like really like before I deleted my original Twitter account where I had a million followers. And um, I went to uh, my I think it was Midas. I, I had a something wrong with my car and and they like kept it for forever. And like they, they were quoting me a crazy amount of money to repair my truck. And so I started tweeting, like, and I would, I think I would hashtag it, fuck Midas, or no, it was <laughs> fucked by Midas. Mm. And like, I only sent out like two tweets and, and I had left the Midas and like walked, this was down on like sunset near the 101 freeway. And I walked down to the Starbucks on Gower or something. And by the time I came back, like the people in the, in the fucking, in the Midas were like, Oh, we're really sorry, and like, because I guess someone who ran the Midas wow. Twitter account saw it and like, is that crazy? Found them in like minutes. We are we are our own big brother. Like, we don't need uh, governmental overlords because we're policing ourselves. <laughs> it's kind of insane. Then I also felt horrible because I was writing "fucked my Midas," <laughs> and then I'm going into these huge mechanics that could kick my ass. And <laughs> I don't know. You're pretty. You're a big dude, which is intimidating. Have you ever been like? Said some shit on like Twitter and been like um, called out on it by the person you were. <laughs> um, you know, I, I rarely, 
uh, tweet anything disparaging. Like, it's such a... I feel like you have a... Not a responsibility, but <clears throat> at least an obligation to be aware yeah. of what you're saying and what your audience is. Tw- Twitter's the the most um, unencumbered communication between a performer and an audience. So yeah. it's up to you to regulate. You know, you don't want to tell a lot of blue jokes if there's kids in the audience. I once, uh, Steve Martin had released a book of his tweets, but he did it for charity. Oh. Like all the sales. But I didn't know it was for charity. And so he he had tweeted, uh, buy my book to, to, to see my tweets or whatever. And so I I then just, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I And I didn't mean to be mean about it. I was just trying to be funny. But I, I said something like, hey, you can go buy Steve Martin's book of tweets or you can read his Twitter feed, you know. And, uh, and I didn't, but I didn't use his Twitter. I didn't mm. at use his name with the at symbol in front of it. I just wrote Steve Martin. And then of course, like an, like an idiot, I did that. And then people started actually retweeting it and, and putting the at in front of his name. So he saw it and was like, wrote back to me like, uh, well, just so you know, all the, the proceeds go to charity. And I was like, no, no, Steve Martin yelled at me. He was fucking upset with me. And I was so bummed out because he's one of my heroes. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know it was for charity. I was just joking. And There's no faster way to put your foot in your mouth in front of a million people. It's crazy. Well, I think even you and I, we, we get to know each other through social media. Pretty so, much. Because we have so many friends in common that we continue to run into each other. But as yeah. far as actually like, oh, I feel totally comfortable hanging out with you. Yeah, I think it started, we started getting <laughs> comfortable around each other through like Twitter, Twitter. And, or Vine maybe. Vine, oh yeah. Because we, we were at a, a party at our friend Yarvo's house and, and we made a couple Vines there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, I, I was still trying to figure out how to use that medium and, and trying to figure out whether or not it was for me and I... It's a way, it's a... It's a weird well, you know, it's, platform. It, I think people just have so many opportunities to put their own shit out there, like more than ever. And Vine is just one of those ways for people to get a leg up, to, to create their own content. Yeah. You know, not everybody's good at it. Not everybody's going to rise out of it. But there's no, there's less motive for you to do it. And I had less motive to do it because I was working on yeah. a lot of other stuff at the same time. Yeah. Um, and when it becomes an obligation as opposed to just a fun way to own your own creativity, yeah. then it's then it's then it's not fun. Yeah, it really it was it started almost exactly a year ago from like Vine. I I remember I was in San Francisco for Sketchfest and someone on the elevator was making a Vine and I, <laughs> I remember seeing the hashtag on Twitter and I was like, Oh, what's that? And someone's like, Oh, you gotta try it. It's like it's like tweets, but video. There's a weird evolution of it, too. Like, when it started, there was no way to hack the system. There was no way to start a new take. Everything had to be focused in, you know, a 15-second s- spot. Yeah. It was le- it was 15 seconds, right? Fine. Yeah. yeah it's, I it think it's six, always been six. Yeah. Six seconds. So in a six-second thing, six. no retakes, your, your creativity, your joke, whatever your storytelling is, has to function in that format. That in itself is a skill. Yeah. So as soon as... You're able to edit and do offline effects and stuff. It yeah. it changes what the medium is. And yeah, that, you know that's like the it stopped it, it stopped being this gorilla thing with like six people. It was it. amazing for the first few months. I was yeah. so addicted, and it was just like 
not a lot of people, and uh, you know, everyone's comments were really positive. And then you can interact with people in a first-person way that's safe and on your own time timetable. Yeah. Oh, wait, so we got really far off topic, but where where this all started was connecting with people through Twitter. <laughs> Skittles. The fucking Skittles. So uh, over oh, like a four-year period. Mm-hmm. Skittles and I have interacted a lot on Twitter, and that resulted in me doing something for them that was part of their thing and just, like, tweeting, and they sent me stuff to tweet about. And I was like, oh, that's fun. I'm tweeting about this thing that I yeah. have, and then it's 70 pounds of Skittles. That's nuts, man. I, know. I'm a, I gotta start tweeting more <laughs> uh, companies. Well, I don't really do any, like corporate promotion i'm not i don't have any promoted tweets or contracts with people i really still feel like twitter is my opinion it's it's you know if you like something and you say oh i like that that's the same as an endorsement but you don't create that relationship with the company you don't have an obligation to say it yeah exactly i'm gonna steal another one you should dude that shit is so good (laughs) now make sure you get enough of the the combination it's the two together it's like eating a, it's like eating a, a skittle and chasing it with a pretzel. Well, I mean that it's not like that. That's what it That's is. That's exactly what it is. That's a good combo, man. Mm-hmm. We we're not pioneering sweet and salty, but this is. But definitely... I generally put down people who just go off about like. Mm, my I, my salted caramel, like mixing savory and sweet. I'm just like. That's retarded. This is fucking Yeah, well, this is also good. like, you know, I don't know. I'm not hoity-toity <laughs> about my snack. It's kind of a white trash snack. Yeah, it looks this, is, like a, this is very much. We just combined two bags of pre-existing items. There was no. If I had I seen, went to France and had it churned <laughs> by handmaidens in their, in, in their teens. If I had seen this in the kitchen, I would have grabbed it thinking it was like that trail mix with the yeah. M&Ms in it. And you would have been delighted. And I would have been happier. And I like that stuff. Dear Steve, while I really enjoyed this edition of your podcast, I can't believe how much time you and Seth spent talking about snacks. I will get that for sure. <laughs> what are your fans like? Do you get do you get a lot of reaction to the They podcast? are the biggest pieces of shit. <laughs> fucking losers. <laughs> fucking no good That's how you dickhead yeah. asshole pieces of shit. <laughs> One kid right now is really going to believe you. There's someone sitting there just going, Man, I knew I he was phony. I fucking thought he was cool, man. <laughs> you fucking phony. I knew it. I fucking thought he was legit. He's a dick. No, they're all good. Everyone's good. Every, I mean. Next time I see him at the Arclight, man, I'm not even going to ask they take a picture. No, because it's usually, for some reason, I, I, I mean, it's usually, you know, like the, the comic book nerd type of people who are very socially awkward and who are very, so they're very nice and, and quick when they come up to you like, uh, hello. And, uh, yeah. get a, and I always feel like I'm that guy and some, and I just learned a bunch of social conventions that allow me to masquerade as this other thing. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I get, I'm, I'm social. I'm a, anyone who comes up to me in public it, should probably know that I'm probably more terrified of them than they are of me. I'm like, Oh, oh I hope I don't ruin your photo, <laughs> but they're all good. I like uh, when people ask me to take pictures, I always take control of the camera like as quickly as possible because I've been on the wrong side of too many people who don't know how to use their friend's phone or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I'll try to like do something because people are always freaked out. So I'm like, all right, smile real big. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. 
All right, act scared. Ooh. I love doing that. I, I was just in San Francisco. My friend Emily had... This is going to be... I just realized this is going to be a horrible story because she... Dear Steve, while I heretofore have enjoyed your podcast offerings... She got up and went to the bathroom. We, a bunch of us were at lunch and left her phone on the table. First thing I did was grab it and uh, it had a pass lock on it. So I don't know why I just told that story. Didn't go anywhere? Because I couldn't take funny photos. But we can segue on to how fun it is when people don't put locks on their phone. Oh. Brecken, Brecken Meyer is the fastest texter I've ever seen. Like, we worked on a project together with a big writing room. And anytime somebody left the room, Brecken would grab their phone and instantly open all of their existing chats and just fire off, like, one sentence insanity. Oh, and, that's and try, the best, yeah. And try and keep it, like, vaguely in context of whatever the conversation was. Like, perfect, I'll see you at seven. More like seven inches of my cock. Oh, like, that I used to. I was a writer on the Jimmy Kimmel, and the the number one thing people would do if if they had to get up and leave is you always had to make sure your computer was put to sleep. Yeah, um, because <laughs> any one of the writers walking by a computer that is open with the email client open would immediately just mass send fucking mass emails <laughs> of like, "Hey Jimmy, I can't." Uh, I can't be at the writer's meeting today. I have to go in and get a, a hemorrhoid lasered off my ass. And But it would be, it would be, you know, copied to everybody in the office or the worst would be you're leaving your MySpace open or something and the status updates that they would leave. Yeah. Socials make it so much easier to just like play awesome pranks. I once, I went to a wedding and um, it was probably like, geez, 10 years ago. And uh, they did that thing at the reception where they put the disposable cameras on everyone's table. So they're like, just take photos all night, you know, and then just leave them on the table when you leave and uh, we'll get them developed. Yeah. And so I was at this wedding and uh, me and my friend were just like, I I think we were probably drunk or stoned or something. And we're like, oh, fuck, man, this is like a golden opportunity. So me and my friend Sam and uh, another one of our friends like took the took this disposable camera and like found a side room in at this, you know, wherever they were having the reception. And we took like fucking 20 photos of us, like with our pants off, looking like we were butt fucking or like in the most sexual, like homoerotic fucking poses. And then we just laughed about it, put the camera on the, uh, on the table. And then that was it. And then I totally had forgotten about it. And then like, Two or three months later, <laughs> my friend emailed me and he was so mad. He was like, hey, way to go, asshole. And I was like, what do you, huh, what? And he's, he's like, the photos you took with the, uh, and I immediately started laughing. I'm like, oh, they're great, right? And he goes, my mother-in-law is the one who took all the cameras to get the photos developed. She saw all those and was <laughs> fucking bummed out. And she wants your number. Okay, because yeah. she's really excited about all the stuff that was happening. She wants to know if you're single. It was so I I was still laughing though. I was like, "That's perfect. That's even that's better. better. That's How could you even ask for?" That's better. better. I know a couple guys that they uh, they're not on speaking terms with a couple because I think they're not on speaking terms anymore. They uh, this couple uh, friends of theirs got married and uh, someone contacted them before the wedding and was like, 
hey, can you record a video, like a 30-second video, you know, saying something to the couple, congratulating them or whatever, and then we're going to have someone edit them all together for a video. And they're like, all right. So both these guys that I know <laughs> made videos totally separate of each other where they are basically addressing the camera and then at the end they stand up and they're not wearing any pants, just full frontal nudity. <laughs> and so then they send this video off. How insane that two people yeah. did the same thing. They send the videos off and then they go to the wedding. It's like weeks later they're at the wedding. They've fucking forgotten about it. <laughs> the wedding's beautiful. They're at the reception with all the families and grandparents, and they're like, hey, uh, clink, 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 clink. Hey, everybody, uh, can we have your attention? We we have a special video for for so-and-so and so-and-so. And then they played it. And, like, sure enough, right in the middle, boom, the two guys <laughs> with their... They didn't... Their, they couldn't edit. They didn't edit it out. It's <laughs> two guys with their dicks out and, like, just How far really, apart? How far apart were they? I, I'm not sure. I wasn't at this wedding. Uh, I... Uh, I, I just know that the bride was really, really, really bummed out. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure so are, you know, all the in-laws <laughs> and everything. I, I just think that the weddings are one thing you don't really fuck up. With you don't, you don't want to yeah. fuck around with. <laughs> you don't want to, like, throw your penis out in a wedding. Even if it's your buddy, like, it's not there. It's not for them. It's for, you know, for the bride. And I, I went to a wedding in in Texas when I was right out of college. And uh, it was in a church, you know, it was a Christian wedding. <laughs> and uh, we're all, I was one of the groomsmen, and we're all up front. And um, the bride comes in to the back of the church, so everyone stands up and turns around and looks to the bride when she makes her entrance. And as soon as she did that, so no one's looking up where we are anymore, one of the groomsmen dropped one of those glass vials that's a, a stink bomb <laughs> on the ground and then broke it with his foot he oh my crushed gosh. it and it was one of those like rotten egg smelling ones that jesus so she starts walking and it takes a while to like waft around and she's walking down the aisle and it doesn't start hitting us until she gets up <laughs> to, to the preacher and so did you know that he dropped it uh yes because he tapped me on the on the arm and i looked right as he dropped it and i was like Fuck! It smelled so bad, and it it filled the church. The whole church smelled like egg farts, and the bride was so fucking mad. And I don't even blame her. That's that was a that's a bummer. That's pretty ballsy. What were we talking about before? Oh, you said Ken Marino was your landlord. Oh yeah, yeah. I um yeah, because we we oh because I love the state. We were talking about the state, but that was how I that was how I got turned on to all of those performers. I loved it too, and uh, yeah. While we were shooting the Sarah Silverman show, I was looking for a place to live, and my friend John's like, uh, a couple friends of mine, they're renting a guest house. You know, I don't know if you'd be into it, but you should at least go look at it. I'm like, all right. So I go and I go up to their house and I knock on the door and fucking Ken Marino <laughs> opens the door and I'm like, hey, <laughs> and he's like, hey, <laughs> and uh, I saw it and I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And so I lived. At the, at the Marino residence for four four years. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, and I met all those guys through Ken because mm. they they're all still like super tight. Where was I? I was at um, oh at the Emmy thing. I saw everybody from Children's, and it's it's a bunch of folks from the state yeah. too. So that was really fun. 
Yeah, I I, I'm such a like nerdy, like I'm into all of those performers so much. Yeah, me too. That when I get to hang out with them and we, we're social, like I'm I'm pretty good at being cool. But then every once in a while, I'm just like, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I I get that way too. I last weekend when I was up in San Francisco, one of the shows that I did was with uh, Stella, Mikey uh-huh. and Black, and Showalter and um, David Wayne. They did like a Stella reunion slash variety show. Car- oh, Carrie was on Viva Variety. That's what yeah. it was. And they did that one up there a, a year ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I got to do one episode of Reno, and it was so one fun. of the greatest days I've ever had because they just let me do whatever. And um, did you pitch them something or no? They can't. I. <laughs> so this is this is you know it was a I think it's James Woods wrote a letter to. Uh, uh, like Oliver Stone or something. The actor James Woods. The actor James Woods wrote a let- was telling this story on on Actor Studio about writing a letter to Oliver Stone or something like that. I may be completely butchering this, but the point was, he wrote like a really gushy, "I fucking love you. I would give anything, <laughs> literally, uh, any any day, yeah. any time, yeah. any part, any price." And I was like, and then he got to be in a movie. And when he met the, I can't remember if it was Oliver Stone or not, but he, he says, he says, oh, yeah, great to have you. And he goes, what, what, what was it? He goes, oh, it was your kiss ass letter. I really appreciated it. Your kiss ass like, letter. Your kiss ass letter. And so I love he called it me, a kiss ass letter. Kiss ass letter. And so, you know, not that I, I believe that you really get anything from fawning over anybody, but I do believe that you can be honest about being excited to meet somebody. So I was at yeah. VGAs or one of those things and, uh, they were doing a Reno thing, like in fucking costume. At the video game awards? Yeah, and I was so excited. It was just Ben and Carrie and Tom, probably. I can't remember. It might have been Tom. Might have been Cedric. I can't remember. Um but I, I said something really nerdy, like, Oh, I'm glad we've got some respectable uniforms in the building to keep the peace or something. <laughs> Stupid like that. <laughs> And they, they all kind of turned and kind of took in that I had said that to them. And I was like, it's awesome to meet you guys. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm like ridiculous. I love the state. I'm yeah. kind of, I'm going to try not to flip out. Yeah. And then we all like shook hands and stuff. And, yeah. And that was it. We kind of hung out for half a second while we were waiting to go on stage. And then, and then I got an offer to do Reno. Oh, that's awesome. And they pitched me an idea about a guy. Oh, it was the, when they finally get to go to the actual burger, the burger shack that they're always talking about. Yes. And they said they wanted a manager who just the, the two guys come in undercover and I spend the entire episode just making them do bullshit and <laughs> oh, yeah. literally shitting all over them. Yeah. And they the whole thing we just improv the whole thing. Yeah. And it was like everybody on that show is so fucking sharp. So good. It was really just one of the most fun things that ever happened. I can't believe they never asked me to do. <laughs> I think this sh- that show was coming to an end though when I Reno met, first met all of them. Yeah, I was right in the last or second to last run. Oh, like was that when Joe Joe Latruglia was on? I don't he might have been the very last season. I don't think he was, but I like Joe. Are you watching uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah, that's fun. Joe's fucking hilarious. He is really fun. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, I can't believe they never had me. I did. Uh, <laughs> I like you sweating that. God, these are good. I did. Uh, I did a couple children children's hospitals. Uh, those oh yeah, are, those are really fun. That is, I love that show. But yeah, I I mentioned that earlier. I I used to go to Family Guy taping. Oh yeah, 
not tapings, uh, table reads. Those were amazing for the spread of food alone. But um, <laughs> I used to go a lot because um, Mike Henry, the voice of Cleveland and a writer, uh, is a really good friend of mine. And we met because I did a commercial that him and his brother, Pat. Oh, yeah. Pat directed mm -hmm. uh, they did a series of anti-smoking psas in virginia where they're from yeah this is like the late 90s or something i don't even know if family guy had happened at this point and, mm -hmm. and we did, uh, it was a uh, 98 that was when it started when family guy started yeah when we when we did the pilot at least yeah and they uh i didn't want to do it because it was in virginia and i hate flying and um, uh, it was non-union. So it was like, we're going to give you a flat fee of no <laughs> money. And then it was, I was a superhero, a chain smoking superhero. So we shot outdoors in February oh, in Virginia. It in was like, spandex or something in spandex. And I got pneumonia and it was, <laughs> and I had to smoke the whole time. And I'm not a smoker, <laughs> even though it was those herbal like yeah. cigarettes. They're they still suck. Fucking yeah. horrible, man. Yeah. And uh, you're still burning something and inhaling it. Yeah, it was. And they they cut like nine commercials out of like five days of work. Oh, and, wow. You know, they had a green screen where I'm like running on a treadmill. So it just looks oh like I'm running. Oh, my gosh. And then you had to run on a fucking treadmill the whole time. And then I, and I passed out. Seriously? Yeah, I fainted. It's one of like two times in my life. Were you smoking while you were running? No, but <laughs> but this we, they waited to the end of the day when we had done a bunch of smoking shit. And I was just like, oh. Oh gosh! I just want to should have started with that. I just want to sleep. Wait, what's the other time that you passed out? Food poisoning. What'd you eat? Chili. Homemade? Nope. <laughs> Canters. Really? Yep. That's that's odd. What do you think it was? Botulism. I don't know, but it was. That was like ninety six. That happened in like ninety six. I went to Cantor's with my girlfriend at the time, and then we, we like, in the middle of the night, it hit me. And I wasn't throwing up or go, going diarrhea or anything. I just had this horrible pain in my stomach. And oh, it yeah. was just surging, and I, like, it was fucking terrible. And I dealt with it all night, and then finally in the morning, it wasn't getting better. So we went to the hospital, and I was standing at the desk, like, signing, <laughs> signing in, and I just remember... Everything going into like tunnel vision, like just irising out into blackness. And, wow! And then I woke, no better place to do it than at the fucking hospital desk. I woke need your up help. on a gurney. Can you please describe? You get to go. I mean, that's I also that's the best way to get seen, right? Like right away. Otherwise, yeah. you're waiting. What's your pain on a scale of one to ten? You have to do all that, and if you say like five, they're like, okay, go wait over there. Yeah, it's miserable. Thanks, Obama. Thank you, Obama. <laughs> Obama? Man. Um, all right. I Let's see if anyone sent you questions. Oh, yeah. That's right. You got kind of an interactive. Come on. How many hoodies do you think you own? Like, a lot. My wife and I, around Christmas, decided to go through all of our hoodies, like lay out all the hoodies and say, all right, I'm getting rid of this. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get rid of this, but I'm I'm taking it off the shelf and putting it into a bag because I'm not ready yep. to part with it, but I'll never wear it again. How many did you have? Oh, fucking garbage bag full. How I embarrassing is that? How embarrassing is that to even say on the radio? I did. Uh, 
I say radio as if that's a medium that exists anymore. <laughs> on the pod radio. I had Weird Al I, on the podcast last week. That still hasn't gone out yet. This one might go out before Al's, in fact. But he's got a, a walk-in closet that's all oh, Hawaiian yeah. shirts. Yeah, I've been there. All Hawaiian shirts. There's just like probably 200. And he's he's thinned that over the years. Yeah, he, was, he said. He's like, <laughs> oh, I have way more in storage. Yeah. I was like, this is... I mean, I wouldn't expect anything else, but, but it was it's like, kind of awesome that he that he actually does it, though. Yeah, it's all Hawaiian shirts, and then there's like one little wall that's all like Vans. <laughs> that's what he wears, right? Vans. Um, yeah, I think like checkerboards and stuff. All right, here's one from Sin Studley, <laughs> Patrick. Uh, flash forward to fifty years from now, what will you be happy about? What will you be angry about? Um, I'll probably be angry about whatever's whatever these kids are up to. <laughs> I'm sure in 50 years it'll be something totally new. 50 years. Actually, actually I'm going to be dead in 50 years. 50 years, I'll be 90. Are yeah. you seeing that? I'll be, if I'm still alive, like 100 and <laughs> 104. <laughs> That's awesome. People have lived longer than that. <sighs> Japanese people. Let's say 40 years. All right, so in 40 years, what am I going to be excited about? I'll probably still be dead. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 man. By that time, we'll we'll already be, like, curing our bodies with our own DNA that's been printed from a fucking... I don't know. I have a feeling this is the year I die, dude. Really? <laughs> I it? think that every year. I made a declaration last January on stage during a show. I'm like, this is the year that I die. I can feel it. Jesus. How big he smalls of you. <laughs> and it didn't happen. Because I was, like, half joking. I'm like, eh, you know, mm -hmm. it's a joke, but also... If I actually do die, how awesome will it be that people will be like, I was at a show where he said he, he was going to die. He said that. It was the craziest thing. Um, well, we didn't answer that. What will I be excited about? I think I'll still be excited that I got to make a living doing what I like to do and working with people that I got enjoyed working with. Like, we just like to make stuff, and that's that's kind of amazing. So I think I'll always be excited about that. And we'll probably still be happy about uh, Skittles. Oh, my gosh. Even if I don't have teeth, even if I've got robot teeth, uh, <laughs> I'll still enjoy some tasty skills. <laughs> robot teeth? Yeah, fuck oh you. my god, that would be awesome. Hell yeah. Did you watch that? I don't that? think in 20 years we'll all have robot parts. Like, people already have robot parts now. Did you see that documentary um, about singularity? What the hell is yeah. it called? Kurzweil? Illumi Illuminated. The, the, yeah, the Illuminated Man, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I'm like obnoxious with that i'm kind of caught up in all that i've been to multiple symposiums on have you really yeah i want that shit to i want little robots going through my veins clearing out the cancer yeah we're not we're like five to ten years from that the tree i mean the difference between the technology existing and it being something that's widespread yeah is enormous you know and all of those things will still be owned and patented by companies that can make the money that they can make on them or on the medicine, on those kinds of treatments. Yeah. Because the medicine is where the money is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want that. I want I want to see somebody inject, you know, something that looks like uh, mercury, you know, like that <laughs> Terminator 2 yeah. liquid metal into my veins and yeah. then just feel, feel it just cleaning me up. I wonder if it would be different than that. I wonder if we won't just be able to transfer consciousness into a more habitable machine. Like if you really think about your body as a car and think about you, the driver, as the brain. Yeah. You know, you always 
You mean like to, tune up your like vehicle? a brain transplant? And do, do, oh, oh fuck! That's what Kurzweil is talking about. Like he wants robotic artificial life, and he wants to transfer his consciousness into it, so there's an unending life cycle, so you never die. So would you, Jesus Christ? But if you really is... think about that, that's just the Matrix. That's the concept of the Matrix. You, yeah. you know, everyone willingly transfers their consciousness into this simulation program where they believe that they are born and go through life, and they never see beyond the fabric of it. You know, is it? Is he talking about a robot world or like an inner, uh, like an online world? Like your well, consciousness is into like a. That's you know I don't think anybody's got like firm theories on that, but one of Kurzweil's biggest hypothesis is that we've already achieved that, that we've already that we're all inside a giant World of Warcraft, and instead of playing, oh yeah, I've heard yeah. instead of like playing um, harvester farmers and you know hunter gatherers, we are playing the human experience, and who right. knows in that theory if we're even of a human body. This yeah. is just our belief in this in this. Uh, uh, Plane, I guess. Right. You know, I don't. (laughs) I don't. I don't know about any of that. It's just fascinating science. I love the debate. I love that shit. I want to. I want to be a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we already are, and we've just forgotten. There's no way I could be a robot. Who would fucking build a casing like this? (laughs) Well, if the if the idea the way that it it spins out like really far is, imagine if we're if we achieve the point where you're able to have a convincing virtual reality that the you know the 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 rate of rendering of the images in front of you is is so convincing that you actually simulate a physical touch with it there's right. no there's no seams in it You're right and in that uh simulation you're wearing a suit or whatever it's plugged into your brain your yeah. synapses you actually feel each of these things so you start to play games like we do now with the Oculus Rift and the omnidirectional oh. treadmills and all that shit. You you start with like fighting games, you start with like adventuring games or immersive MMOs or even Second Life or any of the the the, the you know next gen iterations of all that stuff. Yeah. And then you say, fifty years from then, what what is the level of the game? Yeah. You know, and how many people are in it? And is the virtual? Have you read like Ready Player One? No. It's a good book because it hypothesizes what the virtual space becomes, like what the internet is once you have a a virtual physical interaction with it, when it's beyond you typing and looking at a screen, when it's you walking in a virtual Amazon mall. Yeah. You know, it talks about what the games are then and how it kind of evolves culturally. It's an interesting hypothesis. So, But I'm just saying from the game perspective and how the Kurzweil theory ties into it, you get to a point where all the games are too predictable. We as a culture, as a society, like breeding down into our kids, everyone knows how to play all of the different iterations of the game and you start to crave something that you don't know how it's going to end. You don't know right. whether you're going to win or lose. You you don't even, you're not even aware that you're playing a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. You enter the human experience from birth and you exit at the end of your life, quote, life, and the whole while you believe that 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 all of this is real, yeah. But it is just a cyclical computer. Um, yeah, it's uh, full on uh, matrix. Well, but it's but it's the and, it, and then it's the idea that you become self aware. You know that that as a program you become self aware and invent your own virtual reality, and it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. Did you see her? I did. Oh, man. Yeah. Did I you? fucking loved it. I loved it, too. And I, I've had a lot of conversations about it, but I feel like it's such a poignant and accurate conversation about a, a very specific moment in time. Like, what is love and how do yeah. you – what is consciousness? You know, we're right on the precipice of welcoming 
uh, helper robots into our everyday life. And then in less than 10 years, they'll be in our bodies everywhere. And, and it's, and it's, you know, the Siri thing is just the first stage of people creating a personal relationship with a simulated thing. I, uh, I had a, <laughs> we just sound like we're so nerdy. We just the left nerdiest. Woodstock and we're in our hotel room. <laughs> No oh, man, here's what it's gonna be like. Well, but I, but I just like all that stuff. I, I actually do too. really love pop culture, and I love the way that pop kind of informs the average citizen how to live. The same way the propaganda did in the fifties. You, yeah. you, it teaches you like what is okay. Um, and I was, I had a driver, uh, taking me to the airport, and he uh, said something to his. He's a real like tough guy, and. You know, his yeah. whole attitude was like, ah, I like things the way they are. I don't like fucking computers, that kind of thing. And then he and then he taxes his phone. He goes, Siri, plot route LAX, right? And I, oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, I said, you know, you're oh, and, and I said, oh, are you enjoying that that assist? And he goes, oh, yeah, she's great. This, that and the other thing. And I said, you realize you called it she. And yeah. this is like two years ago when Siri first came oh, out. Oh, shit. And he, he said, oh, yeah, you know, it's fe- it's a fe- like the female it's a vo- voice." And I go, "Get out of my fucking car, kid." Kind of. I was like, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. You're you're so." I don't remember how I phrased it. It was it was less combative than I'm thinking, and it was just like, "Oh, you're you're like open minded about forming emotional attachments to." artificial intelligence yeah. <laughs> and he got really kind of put out put off by that concept but that's really what it is it it's- is also amazing that that is a normal thing now that that's like there'll be a time when yeah. that shit's gonna be like old-fashioned and it's- like i just miss having siri i miss google maps I, I, on my phone yeah pre the the vibrating implants yeah <laughs> and your heads-up display that's connected into your retina you know, we, my nieces and nephews are born in a time where uh, touchscreen is prevalent. Yeah. So they don't know a world without it. They don't know a world without the internet. They without iPad. I, yeah. uh, don't even get me started on pre-internet. <laughs> I, I, I think I talked about that, this with Al, but I, I remember just my roommate telling me about the internet. Like In like 91, he's like, there's going to be this thing. And I was just like, that's oh, like voodoo shit you're talking about, man. That's not... These are so delicious. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And I'm not a candy. I'm not a candy guy. I don't like it's candies. It's the combo. It's the salty and the s- sweet. Yeah. It's the same. It's the way the caramel. The, you, the sweet, delicious caramel. You have you your- seen the new video they just released of that guy um, free-falling from space? Like the oh. Felix Bumgarner? No, no, I haven't seen a new video. You know he did it like last year sometime. Yeah. Oh, I'm well familiar with it. I he had, had the one the GoPro. They just released the GoPro footage. Yep. Oh shit! How's that? It, it, I, it was terrifying. My hands were sweating watching it. Like they have all the cameras too. It's all edited together. Like wow. him in the capsule, and you know, in the audio of him like getting word. Okay, unhook your belt, open the door, unhook your head restraint, and it's shot from. They had GoPros all over this thing. Yeah. And he's standing up, and it's like the only thing released, I, I think, uh, before this was it was just a camera, and you footage, watch yeah. him fall oh. fall away. It's amazing. This is footage and then of him footage from uh, below too as he landed. Yeah, this is footage 
on him. You see the capsule disappear <laughs> off into the background wow. mixed with the footage of him. But then also something that they showed, which I didn't even know happened, when he broke the sound barrier, mm. he broke the sound barrier just as a little as human a person, falling. Yeah. He started to spin like out <laughs> of control. Dude, so, so fast. I had to stop watching that part like until it was over because it was making, I was watching it full screen on my laptop, but wow. it was making me Getting dizzy fucking just nauseous. And you can hear him. He's in constant contact with, uh, you know, ground control. And they're like, how you doing, Felix? And he's just like, nah, sp- spinning, spinning. And he, it, it is so terrifying because he's just about to pass out wow. from the G. And he says, I think he says, I'm, pa- I'm passing out. And he, I'm like, fuck. Oh, God. But he held it together and then came out of the spin. And how like, do you even get out of a spin? Have you been skydiving? Have you ever done that? No, I have not. I got to do it once. And then I did a, a, a controlled descent base jump in New Zealand, too. A what? It's the uh, counterbalance with the cables. So they weigh you and you like, they strap you into a thing and then you leap off a platform and they, right when you're about 20, 30 feet from the ground, they kick in the brakes that's measured precisely against your weight. So it's a slow, I mean, you, not a slow, but a comfortable stuff. You land like you're jumping off steps or something, but you know. Oh, all the way till you hit the ground? Oh, I hit the ground. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) How was skydiving? Um, skydiving, I did tandem and I did it in Hawaii and we were about 15,000 feet and we stepped out on the, the wing and I, you know, I just sort of accepted that I didn't have any responsibilities except to go, go along for the ride. What was happening? Um, and I had an awesome, uh, um, uh, what's it called? The Free guy. Fall? Yeah, the guy. The oh, guy, the guy. The, the yeah. guy was great. And I said, I want to go through a cloud. So we waited until we got up into clouds. That's <laughs> genius, dude. Most, I wouldn't even have thought about that, but yeah. I just want to know what that was like. It's it's like the mist at Magic Mountain. No, <laughs> really, it's not all that exciting. It's it's really just like passing through the you know the the coolers at Disney. Would you do it again? Oh yeah, in a Would second. You, I wanted you... to get I wanted to get trained to like Solo. run out of the back of the cargo plane like um uh like uh, Point Break or you know because I want to go running out like cliffhanger like no no sure. No, 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 no. Do you know Mike Escamilla? Uh uh-uh. uh He's uh he's friends with Yarvo and James Gunn. Oh, I'm sure I've met him. I'm really bad. You've with probably names. seen him at James' house. Um, but he has the best Instagram. Period. He's a professional BMX rider, um, but like old school. Like he invented a lot of tricks, and he's also a pro skydiver. Hmm. And his inst and he's sponsored by GoPro. His Instagram is like just the sickest skydiving GoPro photos wow. you've ever seen. Okay, I'll get that name from you. They do a lot of uh, him and his friends of sky skydiving out of hot air balloons. Wow. Um, they use those like wing suits. Yes, that shit. They do it. They rent costumes and they do it like <laughs> he's got a lot of photos of him as a full on grizzly bear, like skydiving. <laughs> That's amazing. Mike Escamilla for anyone listening. I've I think I've I've seen a lot of footage of those wing suits, and there's a part of me that really wants to get awesome at that but there is no getting awesome at that there's no practice that there's just like you're doing it yep no there's i just read today online there's a discovery channel um is going to do a special i don't know if like if you saw recently they did a special where a guy tightrope walked across the grand canyon Uh -uh. like i think a quarter of a mile like a long with no harnesses or anything and it was like the third highest rated show that Discovery has ever had. 
ever. Like it had like eight million viewers. Can you which imagine is... if just like midway, he was just like, oh shit. <laughs> well, no, I, I think it was really Isn't that why everybody's watching is just like the Justin case. Absolutely, <laughs> they uh, they. Um, but it, I, I think it was really windy, and he's mic'd, and you can hear him saying, "Please God, make this wind stop," or something like that. But it was like eight million viewers for a small cable channel. That's fucking that's huge. Insane, yeah. And um, so now Discovery is like, "Oh, we got to do more shit like this." So they they've just announced they're going to do a special, I think in May, uh, of a guy base jumping. <laughs> With one of those wingsuits off the top of fucking Mount Everest. Wow. What would that... That's like 40,000 feet. How would you... I, I don't guess you know. just like run. <laughs> you I just like run down the top. There's some spaces I think Does up there. Does he have there. to hike up there or are they going to helicopter? Yeah, he's got it. I don't think helicopters can go up that high. You can probably go to the low camps and then you have to summit. You have to... The peak, right? Isn't that what you call it? Summiting. Summit. I think it's just called summiting. Yeah. Um, I would be so fucking scared. I used to be really obsessed with that kind of shit. Going to the snow or jumping off of shit? Well, I I was uh I was I used to be really into outdoors. Like I was a rock climbing instructor oh, when no I was shit. in my twenties, yeah. Really? Where did you Joshua Tree. And did you climb shit out there? Yeah. Everywhere. Oh my gosh, the, those rocks out there are amazing. It's so so awesome. But yeah, it's um what the fuck were you talking? Oh yeah, Everest. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of wanted to do that, but I'm like I'm not a cold weather person. It was always, I like climbing in the summer out in the yeah. Joshua Tree, but and I've read a lot of books about you know people dying up there on Everest. <laughs> people like I think like yeah, thirty people, people die a year or something. And there's a lot of people up in the higher altitudes that you know if you're summiting, if you're hiking, not it's not hiking. If you're climbing, <laughs> if you're strolling to the summit, um, the, the, you'll you'll see bodies. Like Jesus. people die up there and they can't ever recover them. You don't have enough oxygen to like, you know, carry a person down because you'd expel all your oxygen. Um, so that there's people just frozen in the fucking snow up there and you wow. can see them like fucking corpses. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy's going to have to walk up past corpses and then <laughs> and then fly out like like Batman. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He should get a Batman costume when he does. I'm sure he's going to be sponsored by somebody for like, I think Red Bull did that. Yeah. The guy who fell from space. Yeah. And he had to have some kind of Red Bull stuff on him. (laughs) Do you think he actually had to chug a Red Bull before he (laughs) stepped out of the thing? All right, Felix. Now, uh, (laughs) chug that Red Bull. Have Uh, you ever chugged a Red Bull? I had a Red Bull. Last time I had a Red Bull was maybe 10 years ago. Really? It, uh, they, they, they don't sit well in my stomach. Energy drinks in general just I don't like a lot of energy drinks. Cramp. I think right I got I got turned on to Red Bull right when it came out. Yeah. Because I, I I knew people in bands and they were getting so they were like, oh, I got this shit from Japan. And they got sent like cases of it to drink before shows and shit. I know a then, lot of people that do that. And then as soon as it got brought into American bars and started mixing with vodka, I was like, Oh, this is an easy way for me to not fall asleep at a club. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really, I mean, it's, it fucking, it does not sit well in my stomach. I have a really sensitive stomach. Let's go to the Twitter. Uh, wow. A lot of people asking questions, dude. Uh-oh. Um, slobber sausage 49 asks. Sausage slobber. <laughs> um, 
What's the best way to get auditions for voice acting? P.S. Any chance of an Idle Hands prequel? <laughs> um, I don't know about the Idle Hands thing. Um, and as far as auditions go, you know, <laughs> I mean, Steve, how do you tell people to get uh, auditions? That was run with Argyle, by the way, or run while Argyle. Um, it's, I mean, you really need an agent or yeah, you have agent to, helps. You got to hustle or you have honestly. to know, know somebody. Don't be a dick. Don't be weird, but hustle, you know, put yourself out there and make your own shit. Nothing's I, more convincing than making your own shit. I'll tell you that. I didn't get a voice voiceover agent until like six years ago, maybe <laughs> like, and that's some, I, I think that's really something that people really covet like i think everyone wants to do voiceovers because they have this idea that you show up oh, in your sweats job, yeah. and it's the the easiest job it's actually not always the easiest job it's it's not the hardest job and there's a lot of cool perks to it like you know visual the, anonymity yeah but you you expel the same amount of energy and effort as you do in live action things you have to put the same effort forth and so you know a lot of times we'll do I can't complain about any of my job, right? Because I'm not busting concrete. Right. <laughs> but we'll do like two or three episodes of Robot. I'll do a, just whatever cues are in there. It's a lot of cues. Yeah. Um, you know, 60, 100 plus cues. Yeah. And so you just get tired. It get, your voice gets tired. I voice, did, uh, you start to suck, yeah. I did uh, a voice for um, Brutal Legend, the Jack Black video game a few years ago about the roadie. <laughs> and uh, they hired me as this character, I, I think it was called Skullraker, who's like this giant like demon. So it's not a lot of intelligible words. It's a lot of... <laughs> and so it was like a full day of just like yelling. Ugh. And at one point, my th and I'd never experienced this before, like just there was no more saliva in my, th in my <laughs> throat and I couldn't stop coughing. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't do this a lot. And they're like... Hey, no problem. We'll just book you for another day. I was like, nice. Yeah. It is a good gig. When I did uh, Mass Effect, it's like 80 hours of the video game. Mm -hmm. And so I did four four sessions, I think, or three. Two, That's it? Two to four sessions, each one of them like four to six hours. That's it? That's it. By the way, I, I have to say, and I, I think I've talked about this with other people, Mass Effect is probably one of my favorite, favorite video games. Oh, awesome. The I whole... The whole series. I love it. It's the, I remember my friend Liam is the one who turned me on to it. And he's like, dude, you got to play Mass Effect. And I'm like, I don't need to get involved in another <laughs> video game. So deep. And uh, I was at his house. And he's like, just watch me play for a little while. And I sat on his couch and watched him play for like four hours. <laughs> and at no point was I like, hey, let me play. Give me the controller. Right. I was, it was like a movie. Yeah. I was at no point like bored. I was just like. It's fucking incredible. My my wife plays a ton of video games, and I will just hang out with her and just watch her play. It's great. I it's, I mean, I couldn't really do that when I was a kid, you know, with ColecoVision or Atari. It's like <laughs> you don't want to watch a side-scrolling well, that's, stick person. That's for... exactly the conversation behind the Kurzweil theory that we're already cycling through completely immersive virtual realities. Yeah. Is that, you know, our entertainment has just become so complicated yeah. it's it's impossible to assume that there wasn't a pre-existing version of us that didn't make these same conclusions and presumptions yeah. like you go back through ancient civilizations that just exist on this planet any physical things that have been buried or yeah you know hundreds of thousands of millions of years old they figured something out 
something that we don't understand. Do you, know? you do you own a, an Oculus Rift? No. Oh, Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> Have you, you've obviously played one. Yeah, I've seen the whole demo. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah, it's awesome. I so, really want but, them but to the get... next stage, and it's probably still because I've seen a bunch of cool new science, and it's even the stuff that's hitting like a high end consumer uh, market. It's still it's still not so quite, early. It's well, still. Yeah. I went to this whole symposium about like advanced um, virtual reality. Well, it was it was a bunch of stuff. It was like new. It, do you know what the X Prize is? No. X Prize is the foundation that creates um, crowdsourced competition for new inventions. And right. so they put a multi-million dollar prize against inventing something. The the first X Prize was the um uh the suborbital uh, uh altitude launcher that Branson bought to right. be oh, his uh, wow. Virgin Galactic. So this was a contest to put together and it was a like 10 million dollar prize to whatever team could solve this and you know all these people from all around the world all ages got in on building it and the one that that won is the and Branson bought it so. But the X Prize is about innovating and, and, and all of that. So they, the symposium was about the state of affairs, really. And it was all like synthetic genomics and um, artificial <laughs> intelligence and robotics and just all that kind of stuff. This was like a three-day thing, and I saw a bunch of demos. Do and people win the X Prize with the assumption that that $10 million will be used to further their, their product? It's less about the prize money than it is about the technology, the invention, because whoever cracks this code is their idea will instantly be purchased and, you know, they'll still own the underlying patent on it. So right. it's, it's license. It's like inventing the printing press. You, you right. become, or inventing the, the cell phone, you know, um, you, you wind up being connected to the, uh, the evolution of the technology forever. Yeah. So they have, they have stuff for like, you know, there was one, uh, oil cleanup project. Yeah. Um, where they came up with a better way of cleaning up oil. And, oh, is that the one that when that, there was that spill in the Gulf yeah. that Kevin Costner was involved with, saying, "We have the we have a better way to do this. Th there's a better way of doing yeah. this." And they they I kept so. mentioning this. I think so, yeah, because it's a, it's a proven alternative at this point. Um, but that's so I got to go and see like the brainwave scanner games. There's a Jesus, did you see that? what did you see that game? It was a Star Wars thing a couple of years ago. It was like Jedi science where. You could put the thing on your temples and then you look at the ball and you could make the ball float like your brainwave stimulation no. could trigger. Are you serious? Thing. Yeah, I'm serious. And this was like a, you know, Hasbro toy. <laughs> um, the stuff that they've got that, that, that I was looking at, um, is interface. So instead of having like a remote control or instead of having uh, a keyboard, yeah. you'd have a direct like mental connection to a computer based system. How is that possible? How it's all it's still early stages. Like they're just they're just but people were using the their brainwaves to Well, so what we were doing oh yeah, the Jedi thing, the toy thing, you can like use your brainwaves to a make physical your, toy or a like physical a ball. digital no, like a physical toy. And it would lift? Yeah, it would lift the ball off the ground. You can still buy that thing. I don't think it's I don't think <laughs> I think it's still on the shelves. Oh no. my god. It's called mind. like Jedi training or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but but that's all. That's all I mean. It's all advancing so quickly. The technology is evolving so quickly. Who knows what ten years from now is going to look like? What do you What are you looking forward to most? Technology. Oh, sex wise? robots. Obviously. Is, no, I'm kidding. I'm, that's going to be a thing, though, right? I'm, I'm actually really interested in the virtual the virtual space because I think you know you, you you look at the evolution of media and entertainment. You're looking at what people really like to, you know. We're, we're human beings. We just want to commune together. We want to share experiences, even if it's like the discussion of an experience that we've shared 
after the fact. So I think all the virtual entertainment stuff is really interesting. You know, instead of going to a movie theater, you'll all play in some kind of <laughs> completely immersive cinematic game. Like you watching your friend play Mass Effect, that's the new yeah. communing. We, uh, when I was at Yarvo's, he, he, his friend, uh, Brendan has a, a, an Oculus Rift, and it's like one of our favorite things to do is him come over. <laughs> Yarvo's got like one of those 80 inch, you know, TVs, and mm -hmm. like, not that that matters because you're wearing an Oculus Rift, but everyone else in the room can, can watch, watch the, the double image. Yeah. <laughs> and it, oh my God. It's, I really can't wait for them to iron out the, you know, the head tracking. Because mm -hmm. right now it's really just left, right, up and down. Yeah. So that's, I think, what makes people nauseous when they're playing is it doesn't fully move right. with your head. So your brain's expecting you to move a certain way and it's not fully doing it. This is all still first-gen stuff. Or yeah. like third, I guess. Have you ever seen that movie Brain Scan? No. It's uh, Christopher Walken, Natalie Wood, I think. Jeez. And it's about... It's about that. It's in the 70s, it's a, and it was about creating virtual experiences for people. This guy is part of a science team that puts this whole thing together that can record dreams and record your experiences. So if you're experiencing something, it records all of the biological information connected to that experience. So you feel it right. as well. And the thing itself plugs into your brain in a way that tells your body it's feeling all of those things that's awesome that's awesome right yeah so of course it's it's all about roller coasters and pornography <laughs> even in the 70s in the roller 70s. coasters <laughs> that was the first thing i saw when i put on the uh, oculus rift they they had this uh, this roller coaster straight thing. out of brain scan yeah you know that's the funny thing like the pop culture informs the actual progression of the culture yeah we Yarvo like couldn't wait to download a a, a porn because they already have like porn. Um, I don't know what you first call person. It. Yeah, yeah. But it's those look really digital and like almost eight bit. Like everyone looks <laughs> really shitty, and it was it didn't work really great. But why do you think that is? It's not HD enough to. I don't know, man. Because I mean, we played shit like they they figured out how to crack. Um, uh, Bio, uh, Bioshock Infinite, and we were doing that on With the, the Oculus? fucking Oculus. Oh, cool. We talk about nauseating. Jesus, it was amazing. But that looked way better than like the the porn shit. It won't were... be long. It won't be long. Like all of the um, CD-ROM technology advanced because interactive porn is yeah. such a money making business. It's Videotape crazy. only exists because of porno. It's crazy. Yeah, it was. I can tell. You can just tell. Like just seeing the. You know, the early stages of it in a in a rift is they'll probably have, like, suction cups that go over <laughs> your dong and, yeah. I don't know if it'll get there. I mean, I'm sure there'll be all kinds of, like, physical accessories until we resolve the actual, what would you even call that, cortex? <laughs> the actual, like, plug-in until you can yeah. actually connect to your own um, physical stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right, let's go to another quest. God damn it. There's like <laughs> all these tweets from my fucking stalker are clogging up the... Darn stalkers. Um, oh, here's one uh, from... My eyes are horrible, sir. <laughs> Alina Sedon. I think I've got this one, too. Uh, oh, she has a couple. 
finally get it. Hey, Rich, you mentioned the skate party. Oh, yeah. So, um, in 2009... Now that we, you're busy, super busy, <laughs> how are our skate party two plans coming out? <laughs> so, in 2009, we... Um, and this was all born out of an idea that I just thought would be cool to throw a party in cities that don't ever get parties and, like, make a bunch of kids who don't ever get made to feel special feel special. Right. And it was uh, a way to, like... We, re- we had to do promotion for a Star Wars DVD that was coming out, and I wanted to do something fun. And so we did a 10-city bus tour with Gym Class Heroes and no threw way. free parties uh, in all these roller skating rinks <laughs> across the country. Um, and it was awesome because we had, you know, between uh, 300 and 1,000 people at every show, and there Jesus. were no fights and no injuries, and everybody had a really good time. And it was How many people at every show? Between, like, 300 to 1,000. In New York, we had uh, 1,200 people. Where, where did you do that? <laughs> the bucket skate park. <laughs> sort of like Christ, ice rink amazing. that they converted. Yeah, it was really that's fun. That's awesome. It was really fun. Um, but it was pre-Twitter, and so we we weren't able to organize the kind of social event that I had yeah. envisioned originally. But we'll do another one. It's just time. It's time. That took 10 months to plan. And then uh, uh, a month to execute. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I still have I have a ton of documentary footage. Like every moment of it was was photographed, and we I oh, still sweet. have not. I still have not been able to put together the documentary. Do you take the the photos? Are you um, a we all did. I, I like to take photographs. I wouldn't say I'm a photographer. Um, but we we all had like flip cams when they first came out. Oh yeah. And then I had uh, two guys on like HD cameras the the entire time filming all kinds of stuff. Cool. So it's really editorial more than anything. I've had right. three, three different editors on it at this point. Still have not gotten a finished product. I'll, Eventually. I'll finish it for you, man. Oh, thanks, man. I got a lot of free time. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything you want to promote? I mean, you've got uh, Family Guy. You've got Robot Chicken. Oh, yeah. I'm doing this uh, multi-camera show on Fox. but What's that called? It's called Dads. And I don't, I don't know... I think it's a generational thing. Like I was raised on multi-camera shows, so and so I. I don't I don't mind that format, and I kind of enjoy watching a show that has a live audience that's watching a play and then being able to watch a recording of that. I love actually, doing that. I, I like it too. But there's I think it's a generational thing. So I'm getting a lot of people on Twitter saying I, I like that show, but I can't stand the fucking laugh track. And then I that's crazy to me. And then I tweet to them and I say, Well, it's not a laugh track; it's an audience of 300 people. And they're like, Well, it still fucking sucks. And so yeah, I don't know if there's just I if it's just like a format thing. But by the way, it is the best schedule <laughs> ever. I've done a few multi-camera sitcoms. It's way better than I mean. You have the best schedule. You go in a couple hours a day. You tape one day. Well, we do two. We do two tape days. Uh, Monday is our pre-tape day. So any scenes that are outside, outside or, or elaborate or yeah. more complicated than you can put in front of the audience. And then Tuesday, we're all day. But yeah, Wednesday is, you know, noon to four. Yeah. Um, Thursday is the hard one because it's 7 a.m., but then we're done by 2.30. It's amazing. <laughs> and then Friday is the same thing, like 8 a.m., usually done by 3 or 4. But the the thing is, I will leave the Fox lot and go to Robot. Yeah. And I'll come I'll come to work here. And we always seem to have these overlapping schedules where everything's happening at the same time. Not woe it's, is me, but it's definitely yeah. the only reason I can do that is because that schedule is so good. They're good schedules. I did uh, I did an episode of Community like a couple months ago. And it I was love that show, man. Single camera, and they notoriously tape long. Like, 
Yeah, it's just I like got, a movie. I didn't finish shooting till like one o'clock in the morning, and they still had like three scenes to shoot. Oh man! Like they regularly would go to like six in the morning. I will say though, that's one of my favorite new shows. That's um, a good one. And I really noticed the difference when Dan Harmon wasn't on. Oh, and it's huge. not like and it's not like everybody isn't awesome on that show, and everybody wasn't doing their great work. But there's when when the when the person whose vision yeah. or whose sensibility yeah. or um, instincts is based on isn't yeah. a part of it, it's going to take on a different shape. Yep. And that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. It felt like somebody who loved Community, who was an awesome fan of Community explaining an episode of community <laughs> yes, and i'd watch exactly. it and i was just like i don't know it sounds like it'd be funnier in execution almost it's not quite and then that. every episode since dan's been back oh i've been like god this is fucking great this is great tv so fucking good yeah all right well seth thanks for doing this thank <laughs> thanks, you for man. the turning me on to skittles and pretzels holy um, shit your doctor will not thank me for that dustin you gotta try that shit um so uh, follow Seth. If you probably already are on uh, Twitter at <laughs> Seth Green. Um, is oh, your yeah. Instagram different? It is. It's Leet Speak because somebody else had right. already like claims that. So it's five three t h underscore six r three three n. But if you if you like, here's the thing. If you follow me on Twitter, you're going to hear all ki- kinds of random shit. Yeah. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see like really artsy fartsy photos of exotic places or you'll see like um, Sherman Oaks just like that downtown Burbank (laughs) you'll see a lot of pictures of toys and you'll see a lot of pictures of cats yeah if you follow my Instagram that's exotic places Instagram random celebrities toys and cats (laughs) well there you have it follow follow Seth watch Seth uh, thanks for listening, and uh, Seth, thank you so much for letting thanks, me Steve. come Good here. Good to see you, man. You too. Bye. Hey, everybody. That's it. Thank you very much, Seth Green, for uh, doing it. I'm still shocked that you said yes, uh, but I appreciate it nonetheless. And thank you for listening. While you're uh, clicking around on the Feral Audio page, uh, if that's where you're listening to us, uh, check out some of the other podcasts. Um Check out Harmontown. Check out Allie and Georgia Slumber Party. Aaron McGathy, This Feels Terrible. There's a lot of them, you guys. Uh, and please look around. They're all great podcasts. And uh, you can donate to any of them on any of the artists' page. You can donate to uh, this podcast on my page. Um, if you want to go buy some Family Guy DVDs, uh, some Robot Chicken DVDs, or uh, anything that Seth has done, uh, use the link on my page at Feral Audio to go to Amazon and we get a very small kickback at no extra cost to you. Uh, But regardless, if you do or don't, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it and uh, have a nice day. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.